Yo, what is up? You're listening to Cheers to Beers. I'm your host, Jess Keller-Poole. And in honor of International Women's Month, Shauna and I have interviewed a few badass women in beer. Today, Thursday, March 8th, is International Women's Day and the official Pink Boot Society Brew Day. And we were asked by the folks at Pink Boots to talk to those who have done a lot of rad things for women and underrepresented people in beer. So to pull from their website, Pink Boots Collaboration Brew Day is an international celebration of women and non-binary individuals in the fermented and alcoholic beverage industry, a movement to recognize the impact they have on our industry. Each year, registered teams brew beer and participate in Collaboration Brew Day, donating portions of the proceeds of their sales to help fund scholarships that support the Pink Boots mission to assist, inspire, and encourage the professional development and education of women and non-binary individuals in our industry. It is our largest annual fundraising event. So this is a brew day you see a lot of breweries participating in, and it's a great way to get women together in the industry and do something fun and educational and active. So these next couple episodes are in celebration of women, femme, non-binary people doing cool shit, and those who have paved the way for us, and those who are currently doing the work. In this episode, we're joined by the founder of the Pink Boot Society, Terry Ferrendorf, and the current PBS committee president, Blanca Quintero. It was a really cool duo to have hearing and learning about the past and present of Pink Boots. I'm not going to lie, I've never been a fan of associating color with gender because that often feels like, oh, well, it's a woman thing, so it's got to be pink. But the story behind the name actually comes from this need to be seen and heard and comfortable in brewery spaces. And this interview also gave me a lot of confidence and hope in this brand as it's now accepting of women and non-binary folks. And it's not just beer, but all fermented beverages. It's really become this hub of support for a lot of us who have felt left out in this industry before. So let's jump right into it. Here's our chat with Terry and Blanca. Cheers. So today we are joined by Terry Ferrendorf, founder of the Pink Boot Society and Blanca Quintero, current president of the governing committee of Pink Boots. So thank you for being with us today. I think this is a really cool interview because we kind of have like the history, the beginning of Pink Boots and where we are now and pretty cool to like have both of those elements, both of those people here today. Yeah, it's pretty rad, especially considering it, there's a, it's a long history and, you know, it's cool to be able to see where you've come from and where you are now. So this is really cool for both of you to be here with us. So thank you again. It's really um, going to be incredible to hear both of your viewpoints on Pink Boots and where it started and where it's going. Yeah. So uh, to start off, Terry, I wanted to ask, how have you witnessed Pink Boots grow and did it move in the direction that you were expecting or is it like something so much more than you ever could have expected? Um, you know, I, I've had tons of different dreams for Pink Boots over the years, so there wasn't really any one future I had in store or was even dreaming of. I mean, at one time I thought maybe we could buy a brew pub and set up a training program that Pink Boots owned this brew pub and, and people would come through and they would do everything. They would do bookkeeping, they would do serving, they would do dishwashing, um, you know, that they, they, they learned brewing, they learned everything, like a month each thing. But, you know, that would take a lot more finances than I knew how to do. Um, I came up with the scholarship idea early on because um, I mean, our very first meeting, the women present just voted and decided they wanted to be an organization and not a list. 
because I would have been perfectly happy with a list, <laughs> an online list of women brewers. And, um, but that, but, you know, they wanted something more. And so I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know what that means, but it's going to mean I probably need more help. Um, and uh, it, it was a lot of work and a big struggle. And many times I wanted to just stop working on it because it was my life outside of my job for nine years. Um, but I felt like, like the women loved it and they wanted it to exist. And so I thought, if not me, who, if not now, when? So I just cracked the whip and forced myself to keep doing it for a really, really long time. And I know, you know, Blanca might be able to speak to this later, but a lot of presidents probably feel that way too. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so much work, but somebody has to do it. So, um, so with the, the group deciding that they wanted it to be an organization, I thought about, I mean, I've never been trained on how to start a company or an organization, so I just had to think about it. So I had what I call the thinking couch every, you know, a lot, often. I would lie on the thinking couch and say, okay, what does it mean to be an organization? What does it mean to represent women in the beer industry? What are these big picture things that, you know, that have never been thought of before? And there weren't very many women back in those days either. But I thought, one, there should be more women, and we're doing it for the women that are coming, not for me. I I didn't need it, you know, um, but a lot of women did. And there was turnover back in the day of women coming into the industry and dropping out after a few years, and I never thought about it. You know, I thought, well, maybe they wanted to be a dental hygienist next. What do I know? But now, in hindsight, I'm like, well, maybe they just weren't getting proper support. So how can we support women? And... Um, but, but first, it's like, what does it mean to be an organization? And I thought, well, you know, if we just had a party every year and just had this party, Pink Booth Society's having a party and everybody's invited or whatever, I thought, well, it's just going to die. I said, we need a cause that's greater than any one of us. And so I thought, okay, there aren't very many women. How do we inspire women, attract women? And then once they're here, how do we support them and encourage them and help them to bust through glass ceilings to get to the next level in the hierarchy of wherever they're working or or help them fulfill their dreams. And I thought, well, I don't want to focus on a gender-based glass ceiling because that feels negative. And I really wanted the support of the entire beer industry. There were only 60 women at the beginning, remember, but there was like thousands of men. So I felt like we needed everybody's support for what I was trying to do. So I, I felt like it was important to keep the message positive at that time. So I thought, we're not going to even worry about a gender-based glass ceiling. We will do something else. We'll worry about an education-based glass ceiling because I think that that's what we can do for our members to help them bust through to that next level. If they're an assistant brewer and they want to be a brewmaster, what do they need and how can we help them get it? So, um, so it started like that. And it started you know, three things, women, beer professionals. Well, now, and we had to define those. Even at the first meeting, we were, you know, is it men and women? Is it just women um, and beer? Or is it homebrewing or professional? What does that mean? How do you define professional? How much money you have to earn? So we had to define those. And what's awesome about Pink Boots Society is, is I knew that I needed to just give it up as being controlling it because one, um, then, you know, cause my nine years had already burned me out anyway. Um, but also I knew that for it to be relevant in the beer industry into the future, it needed 
the next generation of women to take charge. And when I handed the baton to Laura Ulrich, she said, well, don't you want to be president? No. And she said, well, don't you want to be on the board at all? And I said, no, because if I'm sitting on the board and there's a decision to be made, everybody on that board's going to look at mm. mom and what mm. does mom want? And this girl has to be able to walk on her own two feet without me or she won't survive. So I fired myself. Um, and it was heartbreaking and difficult after all of the years and energy that I put into it. Um, I started it at age 47 and add nine to that. What's that? 56 at age 56, you know, I had to let my little girl grow up and be on her own two feet and, you know, pink food society without me has been great. Has, I mean, it's been difficult. I mean, uh, Blanca, it, it takes everything out of you, but it also gives back everything you give to it. And it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's the thing you'll always remember that was worth doing. And you know how hard it is being president. It is one of the hardest things you've probably ever done. It certainly was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And so, um, so watching uh, the current leadership just take that baton and run with it and say, you know, we're going to redefine what beverages this organization includes. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. And at first I, I thought, well, oh, we've worked so hard for our beer scholarships and our and the income that, that we earn through the hop program and beer and donations from beer companies. And I thought, you know, if wine wants to join, they need to have their own volunteers because we've grown our volunteers. They need their own volunteers, their own funding. And Pink Boots Leadership said, no, we'll grow into that. And I'm proud of them for saying that. And they also said, um, you know, we're going to help expand for all of the fermented beverages industries and the main reason why we need to do it, and they were right, um, is that our members are now fluid across the genres of fermented beverages. And you might be a brewer today, but you could be a wine maker tomorrow. You could be a distiller the day after that. And you could be running a kombucha plant the day after that or whatever, the year after that. Nobody knows. So women beer professionals is now women and non-binary, not just beer, but all fermented beverages professionals. And at first, I mean, there were so few of us that we, we basically said, if you made $5 a month on a consistent level, you know, you could join, but now it's 25% of your income. And I think that those are very, very excellent targets. So I'm, I, I'm you know, I'm so proud and amazed at what, what they've grown into. And, um, you know, I mean, it, I don't always, agree with what they're wanting to do or the direction they're wanting to go. But in hindsight, I do agree. And no matter whether I agree in the moment or not, I'm a 100% beer cheer, cheerleader. And now I'm a 100% all fermented beverages cheerleader. And I'm a 100% pink boots cheerleader. So if pink boots society decides that this is what they're going to do next, I'm 100% behind it, certainly in public, even if and if I have my own opinion, I might tell the board, <laughs> but it doesn't go farther than that. That's that. They're, they're the bottom line. And if I wanted to have a bigger say than that, then I shouldn't have fired myself in the way I did. <laughs> it's like you support women no matter what they do, even if you don't agree with it, like in public. Like you could be like, I actually don't like that woman very much, but I'm going to defend them no matter what. You know, at first I was like, oh, I don't think we should invite all these other fermented beverages to join Pink Boots because they – they're not bringing any infrastructure with them, but they're going to make a huge demand on the finances and the volunteers that we already have. 
And the leadership said, it's okay, we have to do this for our members. And, I, and so publicly, I'm like, awesome, they're doing this, isn't this great? Whether or not I really deep down thought it was a great idea. But in hindsight, it is a great idea. So usually if I just keep my mouth shut, everything turns out great. <laughs> when did that change happen to introducing all fermented beverages and as well as non-binary people? This is a Blanca question. Yeah, I think it happened It happened during COVID, actually, because um, it was right before I joined the board. Um, I was Before I joined the board, I've been on the board now. This is my third year. Um, I was on a, a leadership committee and uh, they were talking about this transition. So that for a while, like an example of things that they had talked about was like including homebrewers because they had not been part of the conversation. So at the same time as they were talking about, sorry, the other fermentables, they started talking about the inclusion of non-binary individuals. Um, and so I think that all what came into play in 2020. And it kind of like, it's just, it's been a very long process to adapt language and make sure that we're being inclusive. But it was basically a full, like, we went from just women and beer to like almost everybody and all fermentables. Um, but it was like a long time coming because we had an issue with like ciders. Like for the longest time, people that work for cideries were like, why can't we be a part of it? It's basically the same thing um and that just started this kind of snowball effect with like it's and recently we even changed our membership to be like an enthusiast level which was previously the student level where it's like you could just be somebody that in one time will want to maybe work in beer so it's an intro level so i think that's even become useful because people were thinking that we were gatekeeping because we were only in, the, like you already had to work in beer to be a part of Pink Boots. So if people wanted to work in beer, they had no access point. So it's just been kind of like this rolling thing where it just all happened at once. So it's been kind of a lot of back and forth, but I've heard a lot of appreciative comments from some members that in their journey of being Pink Boots members realized that they were non-binary and they were afraid that they had to leave the organization as not identifying as women and were, were relieved to hear that we were looking at that inclusivity you know because at the end of the day it's really like this kind of umbrella of not the stereotype brewer <laughs> is who we're supporting you know the stereotype brewer being a white cis man in some ways you know right so it's like all, everybody else we're trying to find ways to make sure that we're supportive of anybody that wants to grow in this field and now in other fermentables as well. Yeah, I really admire the way that you saw that there was a need for a space for folks that were not binary, um, that were not a part of the industry, but really wanted to. So some people would just double down and be like, sorry, but you removed that entry that barrier of entry, right? And made it just a welcoming space for a lot of folks, which is really, I would imagine deep down that that's what the whole point is, right? Is like education, as you said, Terry, right? That's how it started is giving education to people who may not have access to it. And so now it's become more than that, which I think is um, really cool. Yeah. And it also just seems like Pink Boots, the integrity behind the organization is like, 
evolution. Like you're not trying, it's not like stuck in one way and that's what it is. Like from everything you've just been saying, like, it's like, no, we're adapting with the industry. We're adapting with the people who are interested industries outside of beer. Like, I think that's super important to keep that fluidity as we move, you know, forward as a society. For sure. It helps you stay relevant too, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think even with within like a lot of things that have happened in the past couple of years with like social justice and, you know, breweries getting called out on bad behavior, it's like we need to adapt to see if we're being as resourceful as we're able to be for our members within, you know, the fact that we're tied to like our nonprofit status and, and being an education resource. Like, what is it that we can and can't do? Um, what what is being asked of our membership and we really are starting to listen to make sure that the membership is getting what they're asking for because otherwise people leave people aren't getting what they need from it and it's like well if we're that space we need to continue to evolve and and build that safe space if that's what people need Um, but at the end of the day it's like we're just providing that educational resource that Terry's mentioning you know it's there is that jump, you know, to, to progress in the industry is very hard. And even like what Terry mentioned with people leaving the industry, when she said that, I was like, that is so mm-hmm. relevant still to this day, because when the rap magnet stuff was ha- happening, that's all the stories you just saw of, of so many women saying, I don't feel supported in this industry. I can't find my way because I'm being limited. I'm being gatekept and I'm leaving. And it seems like there's such a need to help those people instead of deterring them from wanting to build their career, kind of trying to make sure that they feel heard, listened to, to inspire them, assist them as best we're able to. But it's so heartbreaking, you know, because yes, it is very challenging. It's challenging to be a volunteer of this organization with so many things and changes and adapting, but it's also just challenging in general to be a woman in this industry. You know, and I speak from my point of view as well. I've been in the industry for 10 years and it took me a long time to like continue to level up. And Pink Boots was always this resource of just camaraderie and networking and like a space where I knew that other people were experiencing the same things. And it just helped me believe that we could just keep going, you know, and that's sorely lacking in a lot of places still, unfortunately, other countries which we're also in, you know, it's like a slow moving shift. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And everything you're, the both of you are mentioning right now, I think are just like really special things about this organization that you're not seeing anywhere else. And that kind of leads me to this next question, which is for the both of you. um, What, if you can think of a specific example, is there anything that comes to mind that like that has happened with pink boots that makes you really proud like oh my goodness we did this and i like can't believe i'm a part of something so cool well the first thing is it survived i mean (laughs) yeah yeah it's still around (laughs) it's still around i mean i started this in 2007 which means this year is the 16th year and um you know when i handed it off to laura ulrich you know I was burned out after nine years of, you know, growing this child and helping it survive. And, um, you know, and, she, and she, 
she's tough like me, you know, and she also said, if not me, who, if not now, when to herself and kept it going. And then she, she took it farther. I mean, she's like, we're going to have a conference. I'm like, you what? <laughs> we're going to have a pink boot society conference for our 10th anniversary. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. She goes, yeah, we're going to have an opening reception the night before at, at, you know, one of our local female members, she's an owner there. I'm like, wow, two events in one weekend. She goes, yeah, and then Sunday, we're going to have a beer festival. And I said, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I said, that's three different events. Do you understand that? That's three different events. She goes, no, no, it's fine. And it, they, she did burn herself out with that one. In fact, everybody did a little bit, but they pulled it off and it was amazing. And everybody attended that said, this is this is better than the craft brewers conferences. Exactly what they said. They said that um, at the craft brewers conference, I see a lot of blokes just, you know, dialing it in with their with their presentations. And she, they said, but every woman who's a Pink Boots member, and they were all Pink Boots members, presenting at this Pink Boots conference is batting out of the ballpark. And they said, and the price is awesome, and um, and I'm meeting so many people. And so there were some women who were like. Oh, I haven't joined because I don't like the color pink and I've never really needed an association, you know, of women, all my friends are men anyway, but I'm going to go to this thing. And then they're like, sisterhood, you know, <laughs> and, they, and they, and they join up because they, I mean, the vibe was just like, just made your heart expand the whole weekend. And then they did it two years later. And we actually had a guy attend because, you know, we're not going to get, keep someone out. And um, he sat way in the back, away from everyone. He didn't really participate in any of the social things. But I went up to him and I said, hey, thanks for coming. I said, how do you feel? He said, he said I live nearby. He said, and this is a good price. And he says, and I know you, got, you guys got things to teach me, and I'm here to learn. And I said, I'm really happy to hear that. I'm glad you're here. So, um, so and, and they did a third one, which I couldn't attend, uh, which made me sad, really, really, really sad. So I did a video and sent it in because I couldn't be there to – because I like to get up and speak in front of these women because it's just like they're my people and I feel like I helped create this room with like 300 women in it I I did that I helped with that that was that's something I'm really proud of and I'm really proud of the leadership that has worked so hard and I know how hard it is because I've been there done that to keep it going so first of all it survived and if you look at the number of women in the beer industry now compared to when we started 16 years ago it's multiples of more women somehow the women in pink boots have been role models they have been out there in their communities they have been active they have talked to people they have maybe gained a little bit more self-confidence knowing that they're not alone and they have maybe taken on a little bit more responsibility and leadership and that's one thing that pink boots asks of everybody who gets involved is they Pink Boots asks you to step up into a leadership role. Everyone who is a scholarship recipient has to either write succinctly in an article to get it published, or they have to speak publicly. These are two things that a lot of, say, uh, younger, newer members haven't done before. But as you well know, in the real wide world out there, to become a leader, you must speak succinctly in public and you must write succinctly suitable for publication. So every scholarship recipient has to step it up and become more professional as a part of their pay it forward. We call it the PIF, P-I-F, PIF. And I am the PIF coach. So 
So anyone out there who has to do a pay it forward and they're like lost and they don't know what to do and would somebody please go through my PowerPoint slides and help me out? That's what I'm here for. And so I'm I'm the volunteer for that. I'm the PIF coach. I always thought we needed one. We never had one. I'm going to be it. I'm the PIF. <laughs> I like the sounds of that. That's a good position to be in, I think. Yeah. So let's bounce it to Blanca then. Anything in particular that makes you, you know, proud to be representing Pink Boots? I think that it's the, the, the main goal that I ever had with like, you know, continuing with leadership, like Terry is saying, like, we, they definitely push for that. You get volunteered <laughs> to do a lot of things. I don't even know how I ended up on the board, but I'm pretty sure Laura Oric had something to do with it. I didn't think that I would end up in the role that I am now, but of course it all comes with like a lot of work. But I think that it's, it was important to me to help others in ways that I felt I wasn't helped initially in my career. Um, and I feel that just seeing more um, representation out there, whether it's other women, other non-binary individuals, other people of color, um, because that's also something that I think about often as a woman of color myself. Um, I think as I see the, the beer industry becoming more diverse, just actively working to create these safe spaces and seeing people that I've seen grow from like a seller person to a head brewer, a beer tender to a head brewer or owner. Um, just in the past couple of years, I've seen a lot of like former colleagues that are women that are now owning a brewery or a cidery or now they're a head brewer and some of them may have received scholarships from Pink Boots. And I just see the advancement that is happening just before my eyes. And it just makes me proud that we're doing something like it's feasible. You can see it, it's trackable, you know? And as Terry mentioned, like it's probably exponential, the growth that has happened since Pink Boots started to where we are now. And it's just like, as we're expanding, like I'm, my current project is expanding into like Latin America because they have a lot of women brewers there that don't have pink boots. So we're kind of trying to help them have those resources because that's what pink boots is all about. And just like encountering women that just get so excited that pink boots exist, that they that pink boots can help them get a scholarship for Cicerone, that they can, you know, take their courses, that they could get a Siebel scholarship. All of these things are just amazing to see in real time. You know, it's not just like a theory. It's something that's actively like people are constantly working hard for free, volunteering um, to make sure that other people can follow their dreams. It's put in the most basic ways. Um, and, you know, pe people put up with a lot of crap to be in this industry. So it's always like heartwarming for me, like the, co the two conferences that I've been to. It's always incredible to see all these people gather under the pink boots umbrella. And as we're growing with like the other fermentables and just making sure that people know that they're included, it's just wonderful to see that we're actually making a difference. And even though this organization isn't new, we're still kind of seeing the growth and the possibility that's there to continue to help people and to continue to help people follow their dreams, because that's really what it is. It's like, follow your passion. That is such a privileged thing to be able to do that not a lot of people mm -hmm. are able to do. And the more that, you know, I see people actually doing that, it's just like, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing this. This is why, well, this is what led to this organization being founded. And we're still being, basically staying true to what that is and what our mission is, you know. Um, but just being in a room full of women that are as passionate about beer, specifically, since I am in the beer industry, 
um, is, is just like, it's very powerful. It's very emotional. And it just makes, you know, makes you feel like we're all going in the right direction. You know, at least we're there for each other, you know? Yeah. That support yeah. is just I like mean... so powerful. <laughs> yeah. As you both said, it, you can feel very alone um, in this industry, right? Still, we have a lot of work to do, but because of Pink Boots, like, you know, you don't feel so alone anymore. Like you're like, wait, there's other people out there that are, um, that are, will support me no matter what, you know, and that feels good. Well, I have, I have a last question that we can squeeze in real quick if you don't mind. Um, I was told I need to ask you, Terry, about why it's called Pink Boots. (laughs) Yes, I have been asked, why is it pink? I hate the color pink. And you know, honestly, I, I was never a pink girl myself. You know, I mean, I was, I wore blue when yeah, I was a kid. Me so, too. Um, and, and, and you know, it's funny. Parents nowadays they dress girls like pink from head to toe for like the first seven years or something, and they didn't used to do that. So, so um, that's a little too much. <laughs> yeah, the important thing to re- well, there's lots of things that go along with this. Um, one thing to, to to understand, which I'd like to tell people, is that pink is just light red. And in ancient Roman times, red was the color of Mars, the god of war. And so um, Roman, you know, ancient Roman and Spartan families dressed their sons in pink because it was light red and this prepared them for warriorhood. So we are preparing our women for warriorhood too, wearing light red, otherwise known as pink. So that's one thing. <laughs> but that's not, that's not why I named it Pink Food Society. So I had been working at Steelhead Brewing Company in Eugene, Oregon for 17 years. And, um, you know, you get to that point in a job somewhere where it's just like, you know, it's time to move on, but I wasn't ready to fall in love with another brewery. So I decided to quit. Um, but before I went looking for another job, I wanted to take this fantasy road trip I had of driving across the country and visiting every brewer friends that I had, because I had a lot of friends and peers that I met up with at the great American beer festival or, you know, the craft brewers conference. And I had never been to their brewery. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to go and brew with them for a day? So I had a little camper and I had my little, I had my car. Actually, I had a van at that point. And my husband said, you need to go. This is perfect for you. And so, um, and I was thinking because throughout my career, I'm being often the only woman at the table and the only woman in the room for years and years and years. I, I always felt keenly that I was representing my gender in the beer industry. When just to give an example, as a beer judge and as a um, World Beer Cup judge and and a Great American Beer Festival judge, for about the first like fifteen years of judging or something, I wore a dress every day to the judging table because I was the only woman judge in a room of like thirty or forty or fifty men, and so I had to carry my little estrogen had to carry the whole room to balance it. So I wore a dress <laughs> every day. Beer judging. I don't do that anymore. I don't have to do it anymore, but I did it for years. And so I thought I'm, and I had built at this point five breweries for Steelhead. And, um, you know, it get to be three months before opening day, and I would walk in the door, and the construction guys would say, Little lady, are you lost? Can we help you? And I'd put on my big girl voice and I'd say, I'm your brewmaster, and I'm coming here, and I'm going to be brewing with you guys. 
And I said, I need that brewery done first before you tile the bathroom floor because you got to drink the beer before you pee. So let's get rolling because I'm brewing and that beer has to ferment in tanks before we open the doors. We have to open the doors with every single tank full. You don't have occupancy permit. I don't care. I'm still brewing and I'm not leaving for the next three months. So get used to me. So anyway, I had these experiences and I knew being on this road trip that I would walk in to brew or to visit places and they would, I would be the first woman brewer that they would have ever met. And I thought, okay, here I am. I'm representing my gender for the entire beer industry again, or so it felt. And so I thought, well, pink is kind of what is recognized as a female color in our American culture. And rubber boots are the ubiquitous piece, meaning consistent piece of safety equipment that everybody wears. Now I had worn black boots my entire career. But I mentioned to my husband, oh, I wish I had a pair of pink rubber boots. And you know, no one ever heard of them or seen them. Nobody ever heard of them or seen them ever. And just before I leave on my trip, I get this box in the mail from his mom. My mother-in-law had found me a pair of pink rain boots. So I, I went on the forum where I had been connecting with people and I'd been connecting with my brewing friends. And then maybe, you know, going across the plains of the Dakotas, I have I don't know anybody. So I'm out there looking for places to stop. And by the way, I need 30 feet. 15 for my van and 15 for my camper. So I need 30 feet. I need a shower every other day. So I'm planning this whole trip, which was a 139 day, almost five month trip. And people were inviting me who I didn't even know. So I knew that I'd be walking in and they'd be going, hello, little lady, are you lost? You know, so I wanted to walk in there with my pink boots on because as soon as I open my mouth and I'm speaking the lingo, I'm one of the boys, but I'm not one of the boys. So those boots were going to remind everybody throughout the trip I was not one of the boys. So I go on this trip and my first stop is the Shoots Brewing Company and I'm sleeping in their parking lot in my van and I get up at 6 a.m. and I look at those two pairs of boots and I'm like, oh my God, no, I cannot wear those pink boots. They're god awful. They're like flaming bubblegum pink. They're so flamboyant and gaudy. I can't do it. So I put on the black boots and I walk in and they say, hey, I thought you were wearing pink boots. I'm like, no, I'm wearing the black ones. They said, well, where are your pink boots? Don't you have them? I'm like, yeah, they're out in the camper. They're like, go and put them on. I'm like, oh. People want to see these pink boots. So at the end of the day, I said, okay, let's get pictures. You know, I'm, I'm, I had started a blog, which I had never blogged before, but everybody that I knew kept saying, email me updates. You're taking my fantasy road trip. And I'm like, I can't send everybody emails. I'll start a blog. I don't know how I'll figure it out. So I started a blog, still out there, roadbrewer.com. So roadbrewer, R-O-A-D, because I was on the road. So I go in and I put on the pink boots and I said, well, let's take a picture from my blog and everybody. And I only took one picture at each place because it was pre crazy social media where you took like a hundred pictures at every place. So um, I said, we got to get these boots in there because everybody wants to see them. Well, by the time I get down to um, San Diego area, I'm, I'm over there at, um, at Lost Abbey uh, Port Brewing and uh, this regular comes in and he says, whoa, you're the pink boots lady. And I go, what and he says i just found your blog randomly last night i was reading about your whole trip i'm following you now i go whoa i'm the pink boots lady <laughs> so then i started calling it instead of saying terry's on her road brewer, <laughs> road brewer trip road trip i thought i'm on the pink boots trip i started calling it the pink boots trip now one of the people i visited on that trip in san diego was stone brewing and i brew with laura Ulrich. actually we, we still um we filtered a beer that day we didn't brew and um and she had never met another woman brewer she thought she was the only one so we get to talking a after work and she, she bought me dinner she was so sweet 
because I was ready to have a granola bar out in my camper because I'm unemployed, right? And she's like, no, no, I'm buying you dinner in the bistro. I'm like, awesome. And so she says, uh, well, Terry, you tell me there's other women brewers. How many of us are there? And I said, I don't know. I said, you know, I've heard people have asked me that all my career. And I always say, I don't know, call around and find out. When you find out, let me know. And they usually get back to me and they tell me they found 10. I said, well, usually they find about 10. I don't know. I said, but I'll tell you what, I'm going on this road trip. I'll ask all throughout my whole road trip, the whole trip to the East Coast and back. And she said, great, because I want to know how many. So I'm asking, I'm asking. And every time I hear a rumor like, oh, there's a woman brewer in uh, Indiana. Oh, you know where, what her name is? Nope, I just heard there's one there. Okay, I'll get closer. Hi, do you know of any women brewers? Yeah, there's one in Bloomington, Indiana. Great, you know her name? Nope. Well, I guess I'm going to Bloomington to find her. So I did. Her name's Eileen Martin. So at any rate, um, I was just writing down all these names on this road trip, and I get uh, to the East Coast, and I'm out in Pennsylvania Trogues, and I'm and I meet uh, Whitney Thompson. Same thing. She goes, "Oh, I thought I was the only one." Blah blah blah. What are you doing tonight? I said, "I'm having a granola bar in my camper because I'm unemployed." In your parking lot, she said, no, no, I'm going to take you out to dinner. And I got the boss's credit card. Awesome. <laughs> so we up and she said, uh, how many of us are there? I said, I'm so excited you asked because I got a number. I said, I got 60 on my list. And people told me about ones in Europe. And I wrote them down. And I got, I got 60 people on my list. She said, who are they? I want to know. I want to network. I said, oh, is that where that's going? So I had already started my terryfarendorf.com website because People needed articles that I had written for New Brewer magazine. I'm like, oh, you need my green handling article from 1993. Oh, you need my safety article or whatever. And so I had to build my website so I could put my articles on it so that as I went on the trip, I could tell people to go look at the articles. And then I wrote more articles based on like the newbies who didn't even know how to, about a mash hole. They were like using a teaspoon to empty their mash tons practically. I'm like, oh, we can do this faster, you guys. <laughs> so, anyway, I, um, any any rate, I I put these names up there, and as I'm putting them up at the top list of women brewers, and I'm listing all the 60 names, no contact information because that's private, and where they work in the countries or whatever. And I look at that and I thought, list of women brewers, that's such a boring thing. I said I gave myself a name because I had an identity crisis when I quit my brewmaster job. That's how I became the road brewer. I said so it needs a name, and I thought, well, this is the Pink Boots Tour, and then there's those. Ladies who like to party, those old ladies, what are they, the Red Hat Society? Okay, Pink Boots Society. We'll go with Pink Boots Society. Just throw it up there, put it up. Next thing you know, I'm getting all these emails. <laughs> Hi, I saw your post. I, I, I'm a blogger. I'm a male blogger, or I'm a, a male and I have a little girl, or whatever. And, and I'm reposting your list, or I'm, I'm, it's like a lightning rod all of a sudden. And, and I was getting emails from women. Hi, I'm a packaging, packaging manager at a brewery. Can I join? Hi, I, I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the, the lab tech at Scott. Can I join? I'm like, I don't know. It's a list of women brewers online. I don't really know it. I said, I'll keep your email. I know we'll figure it out. I don't know. So, so that's how it became Pink Boots Society. Wow. <laughs> so organic. So grassroots. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then, you know, and, and, then, and then like on my trip, I'm, I'm stopping in Denver to judge. Uh, what was it? I, I went to the homebrew competition in One Direction. And then I judged the GABF on the way home. And while I'm there, I put on my pink boots and I'm walking around and people are looking at me and they're going, great marketing, great marketing. And they're, I'm like, I just wanted to tell people that I, I needed to know, do you know, and every time they just said, do you know any women brewers? That's what this is about. I'm looking for women brewers. I need them for my list. And so anyway, um, the one thing that's now happening 
that's true in the beer industry and will hopefully be true in the other fermented beverages industries is certainly in the beer industry. Everybody that I know, and I think everybody knows what a pink beer of boots, a pink pair of boots represents. It represents women. It represents women in fermentation, represents the pink boot society. Now, we could change it to blue boots, yellow boots. I don't care. And people will tell me I'm not joining because I hate pink. I go, I don't care. Wear yellow boots. Wear purple boots. You know, wear flower petals all over your boots. It doesn't matter. The thing is, the concept is that we represent something. And boots is safety equipment in fermented beverages. And pink happens to be what our modern culture assigns to women. Although, if we were ancient Rome, it would be assigning it to their boys. <laughs> oh my God, the story is so amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> thank you for the to the both of you for joining us. So yeah, insightful, like a... truly learned so much. I thought I knew, not that I knew everything about Pink Boots, but I thought I understood what it was and you just enlightened me so much. So I appreciate that. Yeah, this is incredible. Thank Thanks. you. Let's pass the enlightenment on yes. forward. That's what we're all about. We, all about education and letting people know what's up. So thank you so much to both of you for all the work you've done for Pink Boots and for helping folks feel included and be inclusive and education. That You're doing the good work. And I don't think people thank people enough for doing that. So thank you for all of that to both of you. And thank you for taking the reins, Blanca. It's incredible. And um, I'm glad someone voluntold you to do it. <laughs> I, I had to volunteer. Yeah, I, I had to tell people a lot back in the day, and I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you too, Blanca. I really appreciate that you're in charge. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we look forward to what y'all are going to do next. Thank you. Thank you all for having us. And if you guys are writers, maybe write up my stories so that Blanca can put them on the Pink Boots website, so people know why it's pink. It's not because I was a pink little girl. We'll do it. I was a blue. I was a blue little yeah. girl. I wasn't a pink little girl. We'll take it. We'll we'll take it and run with it. Yeah.